This is episode 12 of Girls on Film podcast. Today's guest is lauded entertainment executive LaRonda Sutton. Sutton is a founding executive of the early L.A. hip-hop. With lifelong friends L.A. Reid, Evan Metal, and Jamie Foxx, Sutton, who founded the sole R&B division at Chrysalis Records, signed artists Roy Ayers, Outkast, Goody Mob, and Tony Rich, along with Beyonce and Destiny's Child. Moving to New York City to continue her work with L.A. Reid, Sutton was soon grabbed by Universal Music Publishing North America, where, under the guidance of music executive legend Tom Sturgis, she created a larger division collaborating with songwriters including Mary J. Blige and Prince. Soon after, Sutton came home to Atlanta to head up the mayor's office of film and entertainment, helping Georgia become one of the world's top three locations to film. This is Sarah Smith, and I am with Teresa Roth, and we are Girls on Film Podcast. Hey, Teresa. Hey! Hi, everybody out there. Hey, everybody out there. We are at the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival, because we are in Atlanta, Georgia, and we love our good state, and we have a really accomplished, interesting person that we are um, interviewing today. And her name is LaRonda Sutton. And LaRonda is a incredibly experienced uh, film executive. And she has helped grow the Georgia film business from, you know, what it was a long time ago. We, we were talking about it earlier. It was Smokey and the Bandit, <laughs> right? Yeah. And now it is Disney and and Thor and Marvel and, Marvel and you know yes. Smoking Bandit to Sony. Thor. Okay, so we're yeah we're good. <laughs> so Laronda was instrumental in in that. <laughs> yes, she was. Thank you. Yep. So Laronda, tell us a little bit about your journey. Oh my goodness! Oh my God, the journey, the <laughs> journey. A, yes, the journey. It's a it's a long journey. Um, <laughs> you know, I started in the entertainment uh, business when I was seventeen years old. I started handing out flyers for comedy competitions in my hometown of um, uh, Oakland, California, for a gentleman by the name of Marcus King, and he would do the Bay Area comedy competitions. And so, uh, you know, I've always had an interest in uh, the entertainment business. My aunt was, um, my Auntie Maggie was uh, Sammy Davis Jr.'s personal secretary for a very long time. And so when she would fly into town from L.A., it was big glasses and fabulous hair and furs and I said well whatever that is I want some of that so you know you go off to college and um, you know I had a, a friends that ended up you know in a, in a music group called Club Nouveau and so they came through I went to Wichita State University in Kansas they came through uh, my town where I was in uh, school through Wichita and um, you know, I ended up, I talked to them and talked to their manager and ended up getting an internship uh, to work with them during the summers uh, in um, Sacramento, California for a company called King J Records. And so uh, my journey began in the music business 
as an assistant getting coffee and you know uh, yeah. water and washing cars and walking mm -hmm. dogs and whatever you know uh, uh, needed to be done and I started as you know the assistant for Jay King from there I went to um, a rap label in Los Angeles called West Coast Record Distributors now at West Coast they had uh, groups by the name of uh, LA Dream Team, JJ Fad, World Class Wrecking Crew, uh, Rodney L. Joe Cooley, so early West Coast hip hop. And uh, very, I- Very, very <laughs> cool. I am totally digging the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it was, it was dead. <laughs> I don't know if I, it was really cool then, but it was just, oh my goodness, I need a job because I have to pay for where I live. Right, right. <laughs> no, so, but, it's, it's, but you remember. Yes, yes. Which is very, very, you know, it says you, that you, you had, you enjoyed your experience. You yes, I did. A lot. I did, and I did learn a lot there, and I learned a lot about, you know, the independent record business and the basis of the record business. So wow. my journey started in music. Okay. Um, I went on to become a music publisher after leaving West Coast Record Distributors. Uh, I started um, the Soul Music Division for Chrysalis Music. Oh my God! Um, and I've uh, heard of them. Yes, and so when I started there, they had like Paul Inka and Billy Idol, Love. and they had just signed two writers who had written hit songs on um, Boys to Men. Mm. And so they wanted to start, um, you know, an urban music division in the United States because they were a UK-based company. Ah, and so, I didn't know that. Yes, okay. yes. And so, uh, you know, I started the soul music division How do you there. do that? How do you start a division? <laughs> well, okay, so, you know, I had experience uh, prior to that at EMI Music Publishing and contract administration. So you learn who all the writers are, who all the attorneys are, who, you know, all mm -hmm. of the all of the bases, the nuts and bolts. It was a penny's business, right? Yeah. Uh, music publishing and not popular at the time because no one knew what everyone would say. Oh, are you the publicist? <laughs> and I'd say, no, the music publisher. There you go. <laughs> and so, um, and as a music publisher, you look after the copyrights of songwriters. You help protect them, exploit them, make sure that their money is collected gotcha. uh, you know, domestically and internationally. Okay. And so that's where I got my you know, start. So yeah, when I went over to Chrysalis, um, it was, okay, hit the ground running, go talk to all my friends, everyone that I know, and say, you know, I'm looking to sign songwriters and acquire catalogs. Cool. And so one of the first Still writers- Still hip hop focused? Well, it, it was, it was hip hop, R&B. Yeah. Um, I signed Soul is like yes, an so, yes, the whole the yeah. whole um, umbrella. So I signed yeah, everything yep. from like Roy Ayers. Oh my God! Uh, all the way to um, a kid named Domino, uh, who did a song called Ghetto Jam, uh, which was huge. Outcast uh, from Atlanta. Yep. So mm -hmm. this is how the story is going to come twofold. Right. <laughs> okay. Outcast okay. in Atlanta. Yep. Uh, Goody Mob from Atlanta. Cool. Uh, goodness so many uh just amazing writers i had the opportunity to work with and then uh you know after leaving chrysalis music i was approached by la reed and evan metal uh to start a company in atlanta uh called hicko music and which was a partnership between uh windswept pacific music in la and la's company stiff shirt music so we formed hicko and that's how i ended up moving to Atlanta the first time in the 90s. Mm. Uh, this was like 96, right after the Olympics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, started the music 
publishing company out of my apartment at the time because I thought I was coming to like serious bricks and going to be in the LaFay's offices. It didn't exist yet. Right. So, uh, you know, the first, you know, year uh, was actually spent working out of my apartment. I yeah. hired, you know, two people to work with me and, you know, we took meetings and listened to songs and, you know, really tried to get the company off the ground. And, and it was successful, you know, after three years. And, and in wow. the Southeast region, we were the first major independent music publisher to actually take up stake, you know, here. And so we were the sister company to the face at the time. Right. Uh, so we, you know, uh, we signed everyone from like, you know, Tony Rich to uh, Beyonce and Destiny's Child oh uh, at the time to a kid this named Anthony Dent. <laughs> uh, and all of this was happening in Atlanta, and the, and the music scene was booming. Mm -hmm. right? And then, so, you know, uh, L.A. Um, uh, leaves Atlanta, um, moves to New York to run Arista, and so the big artery left. It was like, oh, my goodness, what does mm -hmm. everyone do? Right. So I ended up going to New York uh, to work with... Um, uh, I was actually going to work with uh, L.A., but then uh, my previous boss at Chrysalis Music ended up heading up Universal Music North America wow. and asked me to come run the East Coast office of uh, Universal Music Publishing. And who was that? <laughs> so that was that was amazing. And Universal Music Publishing was a juggernaut, you know, company. And at the time, uh, I worked with writers and sign writers like uh, Mary J. Blige and Prince and Ja Rule. Who, who was and, the head of, of of Universal? Oh, Tom Sturgis. Okay. Yes, he, okay. uh, uh, Tom Sturgis was there. And Tom, you know, was a mentor of mine, a uh, very amazing uh, man. His father was Preston Sturgis, and he was the first person to receive, you know, an Oscar for written and directed by. Wow. Yes, yes. And so Tom is a staple in entertainment, a true artist. Um, and it was just a pleasure getting to learn from him and, and to work with him. Wow. And uh, so I was at Universal. Now, when I was at Chrysalis, tried to sign Jamie Foxx as a songwriter. Uh, He's a great musician. <laughs> yes, he is. And, and, you know, he can write a 100% song. Like, you know, that's a, that's a huge thing when you can do the lyric, the melody, and the music. Yeah. You know, and everything. And so that deal didn't happen because at that time he won a million dollars. And, and <laughs> uh, you know, the company in the UK, Chrysalis, they were like, okay, he's a comedian. That's Wanda. Right, 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 <laughs> he's right. not, is he a songwriter? <laughs> so, uh, you know, they didn't necessarily want to press the button on that. Uh, but his manager and, uh, you know, he and I, we kept uh, in touch over the years. And so after he won the Oscar, uh, you know, I was approached by them to come and work with their management company, Fox King Entertainment, and they wanted to start a 360-style management company. So I worked across all of his businesses, which was, you know, concert touring, film, television. Uh, I programmed uh, music on Foxhole Radio. I also did uh, produce shows, a show called Foxhole Live on Foxhole Radio. Um, I did music supervision for a film called Life Support starring Queen Latifah, which uh, was the first uh, movie she won a Golden Globe for. So, wow. you know, it was a great opportunity to work with Jamie and just really see entertainment 
done at its best and at a very very high level mm-hmm. you know it was it was just the exposure was mind-boggling and it's one of the best experiences I've ever had in my work life wow you know ever and wow you know so Jamie went on to um, really focus on uh, film and television and uh, I kind of wanted to learn you know something new and so now this is where the story comes full circle again okay. Uh, when I was at Chrysalis Music, I tried to, well, I signed a group called Goody Mob, and uh, their attorney was uh, Kasim Reed. Mm. And so. Uh, Wait, who was Kasim Reed? No, I'm so, just kidding. So, <laughs> Mayor of Atlanta. Yes. Mayor of Atlanta. Yes. And so, uh, you know, I ended up establishing a relationship with Kasim, you know, during his private uh, career as an entertainment attorney. And so when I came to uh, Atlanta the first time in, in the 90s, uh, I did business with Kasim, you know, with Got his it. clients in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, because he represented, you know, music clients. Right. And so we established a relationship. And so when he ran for mayor, uh, the first time I, uh, and I was working for Jamie, I brought Jamie down to Atlanta to do a fundraiser for gotcha. uh, Kasim. And so that increased his profile, you know, to Absolutely. Um, and then he ended up winning. There you go. <laughs> and I said, well, this is the perfect opportunity to learn something new. Yeah. And so, um, you know, because entertainment has a way, especially, you know, sometimes for women, you know, just, you know, on the road and or in the studio. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I wanted to kind of slow it down a little bit because at this time I was, uh, you know, uh, mid 40s and I was like uh, it's time to sit down <laughs> I don't want to be on the road so much so uh, I, I talked to Kasim and he said well you ready to come home I said yes I'm ready to come home oh to God. Atlanta and so I came back here and I started the film office for uh, the city of Atlanta it took about you know two years to get it started what year uh, was that yeah this oh what year was it that was uh, I moved here 2011 the office opened 2013 okay mm, gotcha. yes yes just so, starting to heat up right yes yes exactly so um, like you know right in 2008 you know they passed the tax incentive right of uh, the Georgia Entertainment Investment Act Mm-hmm. And that's what really started the film industry booming. Now, you know, they've been making movies here in Georgia for 30 years. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, with the Burt Reynolds film yep. early yep. on. And so, um, but now they passed the tax incentive and, you know, Kasim becomes mayor in 2010 and his office is inundated with all of these film requests. Right. And he's like, oh my God, I need to pull out my eyelashes. <laughs> you know, it's so much going Work. on. And there yep. was a lot of, um, just a lot of, of of human capital at the you know at city hall spent on trying to fulfill these film requests and that's not that wasn't their core business right 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 so you have public works trying to talk to people about okay no you can't paint this no you can't do this so um he wanted to open up a film office to streamline that process so we did the mayor's office of film and entertainment 2013 it was voted on by the city council and, uh, you know, we, we hit the ground running, streamlined the permitting process with, uh, you know, brought in a, a permitting uh, app from the UK, which made it online cloud-based because, you know, now movies don't have to, uh, they can get their applications online to mm-hmm. move around the city of Atlanta, the streets of Atlanta. So it made it really easy, wow. uh, increased the number of permits that were done, thus the, the income that was uh, going into the general fund. Mm-hmm. Also made it just, um, 
you know, very, very film friendly. Uh, Atlanta just became a place where, you know, the, the big movies could shoot here because there was a foundation and a system for them to be able to move around. Looks like a girl, but she's a flame. So Teresa, um, could you help me? Of course. What's up? I need um, a tampon. Do you have a tampon? As a matter of fact, better than just a typical tampon, I have Lola, 100% natural, founded by women for women. I've heard of Lola. Is it true they deliver everything to you? Yes, it's totally customizable. With my subscription, I choose my mix of products, absorbency, quantity, and delivery times. I can change, skip, or cancel my subscription anytime. Do they have pads and liners? Oh, yeah. Tampons, pads, liners, and cleansing wipes. I read that they donate feminine care products to homeless shelters. Right. I just love Lola. It makes my time of the month one less thing to stress over. And I feel good about 100% organic cotton and BPS-free tampon applicators. Yeah, me too, but less talking and more giving me that tampon. <laughs> gotcha. Here you go. And Sarah, you can have your own subscription. Just visit mylola.com and enter Girls on Film. You'll save 40%. What do I have to do again? You just visit mylola.com and enter Girls on Film, and then you'll save that 40%. So 40% off, organic, founded from women, customizable, and they deliver. Sign me up for Lola, a modern approach to feminine care. She's just a girl, but she's on fire. What was like a, a big thing you had to overcome? Oh my God, I've, I've had so many big things to With the film office. <laughs> yes, then. yes. Okay. Okay, so, okay, so the first thing was... Um, and this is actually, I kind of started working on this before the, the office actually opened up. It was, um, there was a film that wanted to shoot in Woodruff Park, Anchorman 2. Okay. And they were building the streetcar. So. No way. Wow. So, <laughs> so now if you know anything about film sets, they want quiet, it's closed, they try to control as much of it as possible. Yep. So now we're building the streetcar which is very noisy. And noisy and stuff everywhere and it was like so really trying to coordinate between the production and construction and public works and safety and everyone involved so that they could get this filming done in the midst of you know because generally a city would just tell you no we're doing the streetcar it's more right. important right mm -hmm. people got transportation <laughs> people have to move around right right care about a movie right? <laughs> exactly <laughs> billions of dollars millions of dollars but you know um the city of atlanta really wanted filming here and that makes the big difference when mm -hmm. when the you know the whole city embraces the opportunity to have movies come in and it becomes a part of the culture of the city and so the city of atlanta said okay well let's figure out how we can do this so working with the mayor's office and working with the production and you know and everyone involved we were able to pull it off so you've Anchorman got to 2, be so yes. proud yes to see yes. where it is now i i am extremely proud to see where it is now i mean because we have like uh, news 
channels that are focused kind of like on mm -hmm. film and what's happening mm -hmm. with you know right. uh, Atlanta yep. I mean it's just a, a whole thing to see that there are so many stories and it's just a part of our everyday lives now and so when you talk to someone and that's not from here and they say oh okay so you guys are really doing well in, in, in the film business mm -hmm. so now it's like civil rights coca-cola movies mm -hmm. there you go <laughs> and that peach at the end of the credits yes yes which is a which is Fantastic. a big deal which has done really really you know great work you know for us so the the folks that put that together you know the collective group yep. they did a fantastic job because our tax incentive is one of the best you know in the world because i mean it's it's sustainable you know we have it it works well with our big business our smaller businesses participate as well in terms of you know purchasing the tax credits you have like doctors and lawyers and forming groups to purchase the tax credits to offset their liability. So it's good. So it's now it's a part of our culture. Right. Mm -hmm. yes. right. And it's it's a it's a sexy business. People see it as a sexy, you know, exciting business. Mm -hmm. so. Yes, it is. Well, it is. LaRonda, your journey is amazing. And we're going to have to have you on again so that <laughs> oh, we can talk you. even more about it. Okay. Absolutely. But we need to like venture into the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival. Okay. Because you're on the board, yes. correct? Yes, yes. So I started working with the film festival through the film office at City of Atlanta. You know, one of the goals was, you know, um, to to make government friendly to all to all of entertainment right. in the city of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So one of the best ways to do that is go out and support all of our local festivals. And so the AJFF was one of the festivals that we supported in a major way. Um, and so uh, through working with uh, the city, I uh, started on the community engagement committee. And okay. so I kind of worked my way up and kind of learned my way uh, uh, and got to know everyone, you know, on the staff and, you know, folks that are on all the different committees. And I just fell in love with, you know, the festival because it's one of the best in the world. I mean, it's the largest in the world of its and kind. Why, why is it important for Atlanta to have such a great film festival? Well, it's, well, specifically this film festival because it really reaches out and, and, and bridges that, you know, the, the different cultures. Right. Right. There's, right. there's great dialogue, you know, between all of our different communities through the lens of Jewish cinema. Yeah. So they use the cinema as a way to, um, you know, start the dialogue between communities. And that's important because, you know, you really get to know people, you get to understand different viewpoints when you actually talk and yep. you actually have a conversation. Right. And, mm -hmm. and after viewing the film, what better way to do that is, is to have that talk afterwards. And you, and, you know, you get to hear, you know, everyone's viewpoint. Everyone so, has a view. So interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And and their community outreach is amazing. It they is. do it all year round. Yep. Right? So it's not just like, oh, just come to the festival and that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like they are a staple and a part of the fabric of the city of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the metro area. And Teresa and I, we go to a lot of movies, imagine that. And, um, <laughs> you know, you, you see people from the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival screening movies at different theaters all over all the place. Mm -hmm. over so the you, place, So you yes. feel like you're touching it. Everywhere. You, yeah. You don't yes. have to come downtown for something. You can live 
outside the city. Yes, and you're so still, you can go to Sandy Springs. Yep. You can go to, you know, uh, the Buckhead area. Yep. You can come downtown. There's mm-hmm. so many different touch points exactly. throughout the city. And that's what makes it a beautiful thing because there's something for everyone. Yep, mm-hmm. and you know? everybody sees it. Mm-hmm. And you're so right. You know, it's so smart that they that they manage it and market it and, and host it that way because you're so right. And I never thought about that before. Yes, and they so have a good. very well-oiled machine. You know, uh, Kenny Blank and his team, and and Max, yep. who's the uh, Leventhal, who's the our board president. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're you know these gentlemen are phenomenal at what they do, and their dedication is just I mean it's paramount. You see them, they're they're at all of the events, yep. <laughs> so it's not like mm-hmm. they're just kind of figureheads. Right, right. You know, these are these are working board members. All of our board members are working board members, and. You know, the staff works very hard. They're extremely professional. You know, I just, I mean, I love participating. And I know that when I turn over a contact or a relationship, you know, for for the benefit of the festival, I know they're in good hands. Mm-hmm. Great. You it's know, great. and that's important. Very yeah. important. Well, besides Leona, which the movie we're going to see mm-hmm. tonight, yeah. mm-hmm. can't wait to see. Mm-hmm. What are some other things you're looking forward to? Okay, so I saw the opening movie, Shoelaces. Uh, which was fantastic, and and um, did you guys get a chance I to go to the? Okay. I didn't see that one. Okay, so that was about um, a man that uh, has autism, and he lived with his mom, and his mom passed away, and he didn't have a relationship with his dad, and he had to go live with his dad, and it was like you know when you're when you you know he his autism was at a certain level to where his dad had to really get an understanding and it was it so it's just the watching the the growth of that relationship was really um you know amazing and it you know it was funny it was humorous mm-hmm, too mm-hmm. because it was it was a great script so that was great um uh that was called shoelaces um let's see it must swing i'm very excited about which is the blue note uh, the story of Blue Note Records and coming from the music business, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is a That's big to do. That's one you're looking forward to. <laughs> yes, much, yes, yeah. yes, because you know, they have guest appearances in the film by everyone from Herbie Hancock to Quincy Jones to, you know, just like all, you know, they're talking to all the jazz greats. So, gotcha. you know, um, even to some of the newbies like Robert Glasper. So it's a it's a big to do. How long so, have you been on the board? I've been on the board. Probably like four months now. Okay, four great. Five months. So I'm a brand new board That's member. Fantastic. Yes. That's fantastic. That's yes, fantastic. Yes. And so it's a you know it's been a great experience working with everyone on the board. Um, well, I know that they're absolutely thrilled to have you because your expertise and your experience is amazing. Well, thank you, thank you very much. Um, it's just it's just been a blessing and a pleasure, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to to change my stars in Atlanta. Well, we're grateful that you're on our podcast with (laughs) us. And I'm grateful to you, too. Thank you. Really, really. We're going to have to wrap up now, but, uh, you know, we're off to see this uh, interesting film. Leona. Leona, And to see these two really accomplished young people who we interviewed a little while ago and and see their baby brought to life. Exactly. Can't wait. I've never um, seen a movie 
where I've met the director and the actress right before it. So this is the first film. <laughs> How awesome have I. is that? It was kind of it's a very, it's, it's the really, first at the AJFF. Yeah, it's really cool. It's yes, really cool. I'm yes. really happy. And the first of many. Do this. Yep. The first of many. Well, yes. thank you so much, LaRonda. We hope you have a great evening. You too. And too. I'm going to have to find out where that Blue Note movie is playing. Because <laughs> well, i got to see that. Yes, there. you have to see that. And then also, um, they have a movie because you're a journalist. Hello. To, uh, about Joseph Pulitzer. Mm. So, which is, okay. is going to be amazing. So you got to check that out. Too. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good, too. We will, man. Okay. We will. We'll do it. We can do what LaRonda says. Absolutely. <laughs> Damn darn tootin'. Well, She's thanks, smart. everybody, for, for listening to us tonight. And um, we are here with LaRonda Sutton at the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival. And we are Girls on Film. And we are out. <laughs>